Welcome to the College Investor Audio Show, where we talk about the biggest issues impacting millennial money, from student loan debt to side hustles to building wealth. We will show you how to get out of debt so that you can build real wealth for the future. Lots of announcements happening, so we thought we'd go ahead and do a quick update for you and fill you in on everything that's going on with President Biden's student loan forgiveness plan. So let's just get right to it today. All right, so on August 24th, President Biden announced that the U.S. Department of Education will fulfill the president's campaign promise to forgive federal student loans. He proposed canceling $10,000 to $20,000 in student loans for qualifying borrowers, as well as rapidly implementing a new student loan repayment plan. So today, we provide a guide to the details of the president's plan, including the amount of student loan forgiveness, eligibility restrictions, types of eligible loans, the implementation timeline, and also the impact of the plan. It also highlights the potential for legal challenges that borrowers should also be aware of. Okay, so the amount of student loan forgiveness. Biden's student loan forgiveness plan provides 10 to 20K in student loan forgiveness. Borrowers who previously received a federal Pell Grant is, are going to receive $20,000 in federal student loan forgiveness. Other borrowers will receive up to ten dollars in federal student loan forgiveness. The amount of forgiveness is capped at the amount of student loan debt, so the amount of forgiveness might be less than these thresholds. If you've made payments on your eligible federal student loans during the pandemic, you can even ask for a refund for those payments just by contacting your loan servicer. Borrowers whose debt is less than ten dollars or $20,000, as applicable, might wish to ask for a refund of the payments they made since March 2020. Refund requests might take up to 60 days to process. Now, approximately 60% of undergrad student borrowers received a federal Pell Grant in college. Based on data from the 2015 and 2016 National Post-Secondary Student Aid Study, NPSAS, <laughs> Pell Grant recipients are almost twice as likely to graduate with federal student loan debt. That's like 74 versus 40%. And this average student loan debt at graduation is more than $4,500 greater. Eligible borrowers. Let's take a look at that for a second. So borrowers who were undergrad students, graduate, and even professional school students, and parents of dependent undergrad students are eligible for forgiveness. The borrower's income during the pandemic, 2020 or 2021, must be less than $125,000 for individuals, $250,000 for married couples or heads of households. We actually don't officially know what metric of income is going to be used, but we do just assume that it's going to be the adjusted gross income, or AGI. Current students are eligible for this. If the student is a dependent undergraduate student, eligibility will be based on the parent's income. If the student is independent, Eligibility is going to be based on, of course, the student's income. Now let's take a look at eligible loan types for this. Eligible loans include all federal education loans held by or on behalf of the U.S. Department of Education. This is the same as the loans that are, were eligible for the payment pause and interest waiver during the pandemic. So if you had an interest waiver, payment pause, it's probably going to be eligible. In particular, it includes loans in the William D. Ford Federal Direct Loan Program and loans in the Federal Family Education Loan Program, or FFELP, that were made in 2008, 2009, 2009-2010 under the Ensuring Continued Access to Student Loans Act and defaulted FFELP loans. 
There's a small number of federal Perkins loans that are eligible because they are managed by the U.S. Department of Education. Loans borrowed by undergrad students, graduate and professional school students, and parents of dependent undergraduate students are eligible. This includes subsidized and unsubsidized federal Stafford loans, federal Parent PLUS loans, federal Grad PLUS loans, and federal consolidation loans. Defaulted loans are eligible too. You can even take advantage of the Fresh Start program to get your defaulted loans back in good standing. Commercially held FFELP loans and federal Perkins loans held by a college are not eligible. However, these loans may be made eligible by including them in a federal direct consolidation loan. This is important. Loans must have had their first disbursement by June 30, 2022. However, borrowers may consolidate FFELP loans into a federal direct consolidation loan without regard to this cutoff date. So that keep that in mind. Okay, now listen to this statement right here. Private student loans are not eligible. Other ineligible loans, commercially held FFEL loans, Perkins loans held by a college, and of course, private loans, not eligible. Taxability of Biden's student loan forgiveness plan. Okay, so student loan forgiveness is not going to be considered taxable income on your federal income tax return. The American Rescue Plan Act of 2021 made student loan forgiveness tax-free through December 31, 2025, for federal income tax purposes. However, the student loan forgiveness may be taxable on state income tax returns, so pay attention to that. More than one-third of states do not follow federal definitions of taxable income. However, the state income taxes on the forgiveness are the equivalent of less than a year's worth of loan payments. Now let's move on to the timing of all of this. If the U.S. Department of Education already has the borrower's income information, the forgiveness is just automatic. That's nice. So the Department of Education has income information for like 8 million borrowers who have submitted the free application for federal student aid, FAFSA, recently or who are participating in an income-driven repayment plan. Other borrowers are just going to have to repeat a simple application form. I should say complete a simple application form which is going to become available in early October 2022. Forgiveness will occur within four to six weeks of submission of the forgiveness application. That's all according to the Department of Education, so hopefully they stick to that. Borrowers who wish to receive forgiveness before the restart of repayment in January 2023, you're going to need to apply by November 15, 2022, if it's not automatic, of course. The final application deadline is December 31st, 2023. Applications will be processed as they are received until that deadline. Now, we ask the question, what should student loan borrowers actually do? Borrowers, you're going to want to update your contact information with your student loan servicer and on studentaid.gov. And that's to make sure that you get any announcements related to the student loan forgiveness and restart of repayment. If borrowers have any FFELP loans, they should consider including them in a federal direct consolidation loan right now. Consolidation loans are available through studentaid.gov, and that's going to make you eligible for forgiveness as well. Final extension to the student loan moratorium. The seventh final, final extension. 
to the student loan payment pause and interest waiver will expire on December 31st, 2022. Maybe. Repayment will restart January 2023. Maybe. But by the restart of repayment, borrowers will receive, will have received a total of 34 months of paused payments. That's a ton at a cost to the federal government of slightly less than $5 billion per month in waived interest. Do the math. Nobody knows if this will really be the final, final, final extension. After all, we've heard this before. Uh, The U.S. Department of Education has said that the fifth extension was going to be the final extension. This is the seventh. There will also be another excuse for an extension If it's COVID-19, you know, maybe it's high inflation rates, monkeypox, or the start of a zombie apocalypse. Lots of excuses to extend. As long as there is a national state of emergency, the government could theoretically extend the student loan pause into infinity. Now, all of this begs the question, what's the impact of this student loan forgiveness plan? According to the U.S. Department of Education, most of the forgiveness will benefit low- and middle-income borrowers, because 87% of the student loan forgiveness dollars will go to borrowers who earn less than $75,000 a year. About 25-33% to of borrowers will have their federal student loan debt completely erased. The total cost of the president's plan will be more than $350 billion if all eligible borrowers apply for student loan forgiveness. However, the budgetary cost to the federal government might be just slightly less than that because some of the student loan debt would eventually have been forgiven anyway, such as the remaining debt of borrowers and income-driven repayment plans and also borrowers who qualify for public service loan forgiveness. For all of those borrowers, the president's plan merely just alters the timing of the forgiveness, just giving it to them now instead of later. Despite the high cost of the student loan forgiveness, it will actually have a minimal impact on the economy and will not contribute much to inflation. The forgiveness is limited to borrowers whose payments have been paused, with no interest accruing, so forgiving the debt will not increase spending by eligible borrowers. There will be no incremental impact on inflation. But even if there were an impact, student loan payments are a very small fraction of GDP anyway. This just means that there will be no meaningful stimulative or inflationary impact. But... The restart of repayment in January 2023 will offset any inflationary effects. Okay, the new income-driven repayment plan. President Biden also announced the creation of a new income-driven repayment plan, tentatively called Expanded Income Contingent Repayment, EICR. Very catchy. The monthly loan payments will be based on 5% of discretionary income for undergrad student loans, and 10% of discretionary income for graduate and professional school loans. If a borrower has both types of loans, the percentage of discretionary income will be based on a weighted average. Discretionary income will be defined as the amount by which adjusted gross income, AGI, exceeds 225% of the poverty line. Accrued but unpaid interest will be waived, so the loan balance will not increase even if the loan payment is less than the new interest that accrues. There will be no need for annual recertification, as the U.S. Department of Education will be able to pull the borrower's income information automatically. 
The remaining debt will be forgiven after 10 years if the original loan balance was under 12 grand and 20 years otherwise. So most students who borrowed for community college will qualify for forgiveness after 10 years. The U.S. Department of Education is also planning permanent changes to public service loan forgiveness, PSLF. These changes will allow partial, lump sum, and late payments to count toward forgiveness. Deferments and forbearances for Peace Corps, AmeriCorps, National Guard, military service, those are also going to count. This new income-driven repayment plan will be published as a Notice of Proposed Rulemaking, NPRM, in the Federal Register, followed by a 30-day public comment period. The final rule will be published November 1, 2022, so the new repayment plan will become available on July 1, 2023. There is a potential for some legal challenges. The U.S. Department of Education claims that the legal authority is based on the waiver authority in the HEROES Act of 2003. This claim is based on an expansive interpretation of the law, which may be subject to legal challenge. In addition, the U.S. Supreme Court's decisions in West Virginia v. Environmental Protection Agency and Whitman v. American Trucking Associations, Inc., may lead to the president's plan being blocked by the courts. The Major Questions Doctrine requires unambiguous legislation authorizing an action in situations involving vast economic and political significance. Inferring the authority for an action may not be sufficient. So the President's plan also fails to comply with the text of the HEROES Act of 2003, which seeks to ensure that affected individuals are no worse off, not better off, and limits affected individuals to those who suffered direct economic hardship as a result of the national emergency. That was some weighty language, but if you want to dive a little bit deeper into this, find out everything you need to know about some of the upcoming student loan forgiveness plans, check out thecollegeinvestor.com, copy and paste the podcast title right into the search bar, and dive in! Thanks so much for stopping by today, and we will talk to you again real soon.